Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on a Thursday, as usual. Um, we're brought to you by Manscaped. We'll talk about them in the middle of the show a little bit, but promo code 20 Blue gets you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Some great products there, uh, so go and do that. But we'll start with some basketball, and then we're going to get into some spring football storylines. They're already two practices in at this point. There'll be three practices in by the end of Friday, then a week off for spring break, and then back at it through the April 2 spring game. So we'll discuss that. But let's start with this basketball team, which has kept kept us busy uh, over the last, well, for a while. But this last week has been crazy. Obviously, Phil Martelli taking over as acting head coach for Juwan Howard last night in a big win over Rutgers, first of four games at home. You didn't have Musa Diabate. You didn't have Terrence Williams. But you did have guys step up. You had Caleb Houston hitting five threes. They're 9-0 and now when he has 13 or more points. He's shooting 46% from three at home, and he got three more home games to go here in this stretch. You also had a big shot or two uh, or three out of Eli Brooks. Devontae Jones played pretty well, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, just a big win last night in wake of everything that happened on Sunday, guys. Yeah, galvanized uh, is what everybody keeps talking about, and I think they were. Uh, and, of course, you know what? If Caleb Houston shoots – Two of nine, then we're talking about a tie ball game, guys. You know, that's the thing. And it really comes down to that. Um, they played well. Honestly, a lot of what they did at Wisconsin in getting looks on the offensive end, I thought they did extremely well. They just didn't make the shots. Now against Rutgers, they made shots. Caleb Houston, as Caleb Houston goes, Michigan goes, uh, It's that's not too far off, fellas. Uh, and you could see it last night that he was playing with confidence. I really like that kid. I like his humility, and I love when – People asked, you know, how good does it feel to break 20 points? I knew what he was going to say because I've talked to the kid in the past, you know, and he said, I'm just happy to get the dub. And, uh, you know, which is what you're supposed to say. And I think that's genuinely how he feels. So that was great. Um, I really starting to like what I'm seeing from Kobe Bufkin in terms of his athleticism. He's better defensively now. So he's playable. Guys, he was not playable before the way that he was playing defense. Uh, when he strength, when he gets that shot straightened out and gets a little more arc on it, I think he's going to be dangerous. But Really liked the chemistry defensively, how hard they played, loved the defensive strategy, not letting them take any threes. I uh, love that they hit their shots and they, they a lot less turnovers in the second half and mental breakdowns. So I thought they were better in the second half, which is what we've been waiting to see for a while. Uh, congratulations to that Martelli kid for his first career victory as a head coach at Michigan. And uh, and it was fun to watch him in action again, guys. I, I love that guy. And I loved him when he was at St. Joe. He's a class act. Yeah, it was awesome to see for him. Obviously, a good story. Uh, it was also cool to see him again. You know, the humility is a big part of of the culture of that program, and you know, to immediately give props to Saudi Washington and Howard Isley for their role in prepping the team. I thought that was pretty awesome. And and for anyone who hasn't seen the Phil Martelli presser from after the game, or even the one from a couple days ago, it's on the Wolverine.com YouTube channel. Um, that guy. He is there's something about him that he is I am on the edge of my seat listening listening to him talk and uh, you know his message to the guys was 
play hard, play smart, and play together. We've heard that type of stuff before under under John Beeline, but um, the message got through, and you saw it in the way they played. And you know, I, I want to start with Caleb Houston in that. You know, he is on the year, I believe, thirty five point nine percent from three. If he could just shoot that every single night and get the you know ten to twelve points. That Michigan might be in a much better spot than they are. Um, you know, it seems like with him we get these twenty-one point outbursts, or we get six points on you know two of ten shooting or something like that. Um, Michigan doesn't need Caleb Houston to be a twenty-point per game scorer. Now, if he was, that would obviously be huge, and you know, it raises the ceiling of what this team can do. But you know, for him to just keep shooting and and find that consistency, I liked what Phil Martelli said. You know, with him, it's about getting him to not dwell on the last shot as opposed to just, just take the next one and don't, don't let the pass define what comes next. And um, you know, that approach for whatever reason with him has, has sunk in more at home. Uh, you know, this was a huge performance for him, huge win for him. I just thought the team in general, it was a good team win altogether. I mean, Houston gets the accolades because, you know, of the points and hitting the three pointers and, and things like that. But, you know, I thought Michigan's freshman outside of him, um, you know, we talked about Buffkin, Frankie Collins. Those guys played a key role in that game on Wednesday night by taking a, you know, a seven-point lead and doubling it. There was a sequence where those two guys had seven of, you know, seven in a row points for Michigan, um, double that lead up to fourteen, and I think that was Michigan's biggest lead of the game at that point. So, I mean, the freshmen are starting to grow up. Uh, it was all hands on deck uh, without Musa Diabate, without Terrence Williams, and. You know, it's hard to predict this as a galvanizing moment because it feels like we've had a couple of these, especially as of late, where you're like, okay, here we go. It looks like everything's been figured out. And they come back the next night and struggle to score 60. And shots aren't falling despite getting good looks. And there are blow buys on defense. So, you know, I, I like the the message coming out of it is it's truly one day at a time. I think that this team is going to benefit from that. You know, you don't – the expectations from – this season aren't going to be met. They're just not. So all you can really do right now is max out every single gate, um, every single game that you play and every single practice that you have. And right now, um, you know, if they come out and play with the same type of fight and, and effort that they did in this game on Wednesday night with their backs up against the wall, um, you know, when their coach comes back four games from now, they might have a little bit more to play for. You heard it. Uh, Anthony Broom said, no way Michigan wins anything in the postseason. So no Big Ten tournament, no NCAA tournament, no Final Four. <laughs> That's so, not what I said. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you never know once you get to those. I mean, sure. they could they could get as, you know, as far as anybody, just depending on how it matches up and everything. No one's predicting that. The, the chances are obviously much, you know, less than they were coming into the season based on what we had all expected. But, hey, yeah. UCLA was an 11 seed last year. 100%. Right? Yeah. Yep. So sure, I want to say one more thing. Sure. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing, Clay, about uh, Caleb. I think it was two for six at one point. Right. So when Anthony, you talking about putting bad uh, stretches behind you, if he was, I think he was two for three and then two for six. So he missed three in a row, if I'm not mistaken, and three pointers. And then he must've made his last three. Cause I think he finished five of nine. So, yep. but he was able to put that behind him and he played so well defensively, even though he wasn't making his shots that you could see, Okay, because he said he felt good. And there are times as a shooter when you can be just a hair off and you miss a couple shots, but you know you feel it. And I kind of got that sense from him last night that, hey, I'm not going to stop shooting. I have the confidence. It feels good. Uh, and it was great to see. So 
I liked the ball movement. The second half, that there were some head scratching turnovers again in the first half, guys. Where you like, you got to be better with the ball. But to see them again play as well as they did in the second half was uh, was really encouraging, Clay. Yeah, definitely. No, you're right about Caleb. Like even when he's off, sometimes he is way off. You saw that at Wisconsin where the ball it's hitting the backboard. It's it's not even you know it's way on the back end of the rim. Um, but when he's on, you know, even some of the misses look pretty good. Now he's had some bad misses, even when he's gone for three, four or five threes in a game as well. But that seems to be just kind of the way he is right now as a freshman. Um, and, and yeah, the, I think the stretch of the game was him early in the second half, hitting those two in a row to bring it out to six points. And, you know, Michigan never trailed from that point on after it was tied at that, at that juncture. So massive from him i thought the execution from everybody else was really good and i was talking to huge you know on the huge show before the game yesterday and he was saying man that second half at wisconsin was just a train wreck and you know is this team now the juan howard thing like are they just going to fall apart and i said well you know i think the biggest thing is for the rutgers game was playing without those two guys musa and terrence that was that was the biggest thing but other than that i i think this team team is still trending in the right direction is still actually turning into a pretty good team here at the end of the season. They've won eight of 12 now. That's a long stretch of games. That's a big sample size that we can say, hey, this, there's a lot of improvement here. And now it's to the point where I just think they're they're pretty good. Like I, I was kind of thinking about where, where you would power rank the Big Ten. I think Michigan's in probably that 5-6 range as opposed to being, you know, probably will the, where they'll be seated in the Big Ten tournament, which could be, seven to nine ish depending on how things shake out at the end so they're playing better basketball than obviously their record shows and i think that's big and that's huge going into a stretch here uh to end the season where you have four games against good opponents i guess we'll still call michigan state a good opponent at this point right now but man illinois coming in on sunday they got a big one tonight with ohio state excited to see that at home if they win though you know you you don't hate Michigan's chances either. Uh, they're actually favored on Ken Palm right now going into that. Then you get Michigan State, Iowa, a team you already beat that you could sweep, who's also playing good ball and beat Ohio State over the weekend. Um, and then you, you play the Buckeyes at the end of the regular season. So I still think this Michigan team has momentum, as weird as it sounds, coming off of the, not having your head coach. But just in the terms of the way they're playing, like I, I saw basically the same level of execution from Michigan under Phil Martelli. And that's not a knock on Juwan Howard, but it's just a, it's a testament to like they, the players are the ones doing this right now, getting better, playing at a higher level. And I think they can sustain that here throughout the regular season until they get Juwan back. Yeah. And Clay just said that Martelli is the reason and getting rid of Juwan Howard was finally uh, the yep. reason that Caleb Houston shot well. Why <laughs> <laughs> are you putting words in our mouth today? Chris? I love it. I, on, I'm man? just trying to stir the pot. Yeah. We're trying, <laughs> you know, I respect it. Yeah, I'm just having fun. Uh Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clearly, he didn't oh, yeah. say that, and clearly, it's like our Jeff Schiller said at Boops One. He said, "Yeah, Phil just told Caleb, hey, here's the key: just make your shots.' And that was great coaching, you know. And it's like, nah, it doesn't quite work that way. It's just the luck of the draw. And this is Juwan's team. That was another thing that Martelli said. He said, "This is uh, Juwan Howard's team, and I love him, and our kids love him, and that we we play for him." And he said. It's to his credit that he assembled a group of kids like this with such great character that they came out in the Fab Five unis and the Black Sox and went out there and played for their coach. And he said it must be must have been killing Jawan. I can't even imagine uh, watching that from a couch. And uh, I think Beeline did that one time, I think against Eastern Michigan or something. He was sick or whatever and had to watch the game from his couch and he said it absolutely drove him nuts back in the day so um but to their credit they really came together well so uh and it's going to be very interesting because now we're at a point here guys where this is almost like the big 10 tournament uh, format and they're not playing every day but you're playing sunday then you're playing against a rival. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a big-time game, and I think their mission will be up for that. I think it's going to be a great game. I think they have a good chance to win. Two days later, you play your hated rival on a Tuesday night, your third game in seven days, and then two days after that, you're playing a team, a tempo team like Iowa, and then three days after that, you're playing Ohio State. So it's going to be a heck of a week. Uh, I think you win these next two guys, and, uh, and then whatever happens, happens. I think Iowa – um, I think they obviously clearly they can win that game, but man, that's a lot to ask on those legs. Um, and then uh, at Ohio State, you know, it is what it is. If, even if you get swept, well, you know, if you took care of business at home, then so be it. So, but I do like the way they're playing at times uh, when they shoot well. They're they're a good team and they're getting better defensively, and that's what I like most about them is that they're getting it on that side of the ball. So it was fun to watch last night. Yeah, to your point about the defense too. I mean, there was a point. I think it was after that the uh, the first Purdue game where they slid to like 109th on defense yeah. on Kemper, and they're all the way back up to, um, I think they're inside the top 70 now. So they've made some big strides there since that game. And also, you know, yeah, it probably looks most likely that Michigan is somewhere in that seven to nine range for seating for the Big Ten tournament, but. No, they're only a game and a half behind Ohio State for one of those top four seeds right now. So there's a lot of fluidity there. I mean, we, you know, there's still a chance that they could open up the Big Ten tournament playing on Friday if they get really hot, you know, during these last four games here. So, uh, and they'll play all the teams that are ahead of them too. So we'll see what happens there. Um, You know, I will, I'll amend my earlier statement in that uh, they can't achieve what the preseason expectations are. Mostly they can't achieve that only because they're not going to win the big 10. We thought that they had a chance to repeat as big 10 champions. So I will amend that on the record, but I like the direction it's going. Um, Again, I think all of these games, you know, every night that you play in the big 10 is a chance to add a resume win to your, um, to what you bring to the table. And, but just because that's, you know, just because the schedule looks tough down the stretch, these are all winnable games for them. So uh, I don't expect them to go 0 four. I don't think they'll go one and three, but uh, two and two is a pretty, pretty good Florida set. And I think that there's a chance for more there. It's just, you know, can they do it? The thing with them is, can you play a good basketball game 
for two games in a row, which is something that honestly we haven't seen, um, you know, in probably since that stretch towards the end of January, where you put two really good performances together back to back. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing because that's what it takes this time of year. So. Yep, and I will say this: they they cannot play on Wednesday. Uh, I think with last night's win, so in the Big nope. Ten tournament, so uh, they'll be anywhere from whatever to ten. And I don't think they're mathematically eliminated yet from the Big Ten race, are they? No, but Broom has them out. That's what I was going to say next. <laughs> well, they're three and a half, three and a half back with four to go. I mean, I'm just messing. <laughs> hey. But technically, technically, yeah. you don't know. And as you said, it is weird because they, they could climb super quick here, as you mentioned, Anthony, because. They play a lot of the teams ahead of them. Um, well, all of a sudden, but I'm not predicting this, that. <laughs> no, you look at you look at you know Illinois and Ohio State are going to play right. That's what we just talked yep. about. You know, if Illinois beats Ohio State or, or any of those teams, you know, whatever result happens in that game, it still opens the door for you to climb up because exactly. you play all of the teams ahead of you down the stretch. So there's again, they could still play on Friday technically if they get hot. Right. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you just have to, you know, again. Phil Martelli said in the postgame presser, we're not worried about what we need to do the next four games. Like, let's just get this one out of the way and then move forward from there. So um, I think that's the way probably we all should approach it too because I can't predict what team Michigan – you know, it's hard to predict what Caleb Houston you're going to get on a given night or what, um, you know, Devontae Jones, who's played much better as of late. Super – I mean, he's big turnaround for him, but – um, you know what? It, it's hard to predict what you're going to get out of the combination of guys that perform on a given night. Um, all I know is that when Hunter Dickinson is the only guy, that those have typically been the games that Michigan loses. So they need everyone to continue to play well. Yeah, they're actually yeah they're three and four when he has twenty or more points, which is crazy because you you talk about him carrying them to victory. He hasn't been able to necessarily. He has done that at times. But it's not just him when, you know, it's not just Hunter Dickinson's going to will you to win. It's hard to do that as a big guy, um, you know, with so many other factors there. And you need the guys when you're opening up the floor for some guys and collapsing the defense, you need other guys to step up. And, uh, you know, that's what we got last night. That's what they got out of Caleb Houston. They got a timely three out of Eli Brooks as well. Only seven threes. But it felt like, as Chris, I think you said when we were talking after the game, it felt like, you know, maybe 10 or 11 almost with the way. Um, just how timely each one of them was. So, and that's what you're going to need. Um, and, and I think that's their first Big Ten game. Actually, I know that's their first Big Ten game shooting in between 25 and 40 percent from three. It's been either boom or bust, and uh, which is just crazy. And Phil Martelli mentioned that stat the other day as well. But they're finally in there at what 32.7 percent or whatever it was. So, and it felt like 50. And it What's felt that? like 50. And it felt like 50. Exactly. Because exactly. they started making a few. After watching that Wisconsin game, you're like, holy cow, what a shooting performance. And it was 31.8%. So, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But it was good. I mean, I like it. I love listening to Phil Martelli. I could have sat there and listened to him. When I've had conversations with him, uh, it's we've gone probably 45 minutes to an hour at times. I could go another hour with that guy, the basketball knowledge, and just the kind of guy he is. So um, that doesn't mean anything, obviously, about what we think about Jawan Howard, who we obviously love as well. But you're talking about how many years of, of you know basketball experience there. It's just been fantastic. So it's been fun. I hate, I hate the culture now of when you say something good about somebody – it means it's something bad about somebody else. But, yeah, I think we all 100% know what you're talking about. And I, I said it after last night's presser as well. It was like you can feel that every eye in that room was intently 
looking at him in the eye and listening to what he was saying. I mean, hanging on every word, and it was it was great stuff. And Juwan Howard can be great as, in those settings as well. Uh, but Phil is just yeah, it was fantastic, and I think they're in they're in really good hands as we talked about on Tuesday after the suspensions came down that they are well positioned for this as good as you can be. No one you know knows no one expected this, but you know if you're going to be in this spot, you have a guy who's been a head coach for over two decades at the Division One level. You're in pretty good hands as well as guys that are as Phil Martelli said almost next up here to become head coaches themselves uh, in Saudi Washington and Howard Isley. So. Um, yep. Very important there. Uh, anything else on hoops before we move on to a little spring football talk? Let's talk some spring football, man. I'm already excited, though, for Sunday, I got to tell you, because I think they're going to be jacked for that Illinois game. Uh, you want to talk about rivalry. Illinois has always wanted a rivalry with Michigan. Their fans always talk about how it's a rivalry, whatever the sport is. we yep. got a rivalry here now in basketball, so uh, that'll be fun on Sunday. But let's talk some spring football. Sounds good. And before we do, though, I just want to – Take us back to the basketball world for a second. March Madness is almost here. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure to lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair kit to have your body and balls smelling Final Four fresh. Even if Anthony thinks you can't get to the Final Four, you still can. Uh, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 20GOBLUE for 20% off and free shipping. 20GOBLUE. Anthony, uh, I'll let you have a quick rebuttal on that statement. But, I mean, Manscaped in all seriousness, just a great product. No, actually, uh, just got an email that another yeah. package for them is on the way. Some some of the the body wash, the shampoo, looked like a couple other items that I forgot are included in there. But excited because legitimately, like it's it's the best stuff you can use. So um, the more they send it to me, the more I will say nice things about it because it's one less thing I have to put on the shopping list, and it's better than anything I can get at the store. So we love our friends at Manscaped, and uh, I will not amend my comments about not feeling good about going to the final four. I would like to send them through to me. So, yeah, no, I got you. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, it is. When you see that package coming, uh, it's exciting. It's like, you know, Hey, it's like getting something from Amazon. So it's really good, man. That's right. So 20 go blue is the promo code there. 20% off plus free shipping two zero G O B L U E. Um, we've had some Intel on the site and in the, uh, inside the fort part one already here on Thursday, part two coming on Friday. So check that out. If you're listening out there, uh, subscribe to the Wolverine.com $1 deal. So basically unlock that Intel with just $1, uh, for an entire year, but let's just talk spring ball in general here. I mean, uh, offense has a ton returning defense, replacing a lot, uh, including their defensive coordinator with Jesse Minter coming in. Um, we're going to get to talk to players, I think, coming up maybe at the end of the week or in a couple of weeks when they come back from spring break. But excited to do that because I think there's a lot to talk about after what happened all offseason with some of the changes that are made and them trying to build off a Big Ten championship. I guess what are you guys tracking the, the most right now? Quarterback battles at the top of mind for everybody. Uh, but what are you uh, you know feeling coming into this yeah, end of the week here of first week of spring ball? Offensive line, I, I want to see how it shakes out. Tronte Jones and Carson Barnhart are both guys who have been waiting their turn 
battling it out at right tackle. We're hearing good things about Tronte. We're hearing great things about Carson Barnhart. So um, these guys, uh, you know, uh, what's it going to mean? Uh, how's it going to play out? And, and I think in the first four games of the year, guys, I think that you experiment a little bit, even with the even with some of the starters like Ryan Hayes, Trevor Keegan. You know, maybe put a couple of guys in there and see. And then, it, assuming that the non-conference games go the way they should, uh, and with this offense, let's be honest, there are skill position players up the wazoo. This should be a really powerful, high-powered offense. Then let's see some. Let's see what happens there. Uh, it doesn't have to be who you start the season with. Doesn't exactly have to be who you go into the Big Ten season with, as we've seen over the years. David Boss in 2004 taking over as center before the Iowa game. You know, they figured, okay, this is going to be better, and it was, and he won, won the Remington Award there at center uh, at that position. So, um, But I want to see all these guys get an opportunity, and they will. We've heard great things about their off-seasons. Barnhart and Tronte Jones both really wanting to play, got stronger. Uh, and I think that's one area of improvement for some of these guys is they got to get stronger, as we saw against Georgia. Granted, that was like playing against an NFL front, fellas, but they're going to need to be better there if they want to play against the best. So that, to me, is going to be very interesting. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, who are your pass rushers? Uh, can Do you have guys that can get to the quarterback? And it's clearly, they're going to be take a step down there. I don't care. You know, you can. They're not, Taylor Upshaw is not going to morph into Aiden Hutchinson or David Ojabo overnight. So how does Jesse Minter compensate for that on the back end? What do you do? so that your guys don't have – they might have to be in coverage a little bit longer. So what's he going to do? So that, to me, is going to be fascinating. Uh, how similar is Minter's defense to Mike McDonald's? That's what I want to ask the players about. But we do know about the continuity there, that the terminology is similar, that he's going to not change everything up, which I thought was hugely important going into this year, guys, because you don't want to start from scratch. No, can't start from scratch. I mean, I have the same questions about the pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson set a program record for sacks. No one on the roster is going to do that. David Ojabo wasn't too far behind him. He had 11. If someone can do that, I mean, that's probably the best case scenario. That's probably your pie in the sky scenario. So uh, it's going to have to come as a group effort. I'm excited to see how not only Minter figures that out, but also how Mike Elston coaches them up. I mean, um, let's be honest. On paper, you can arguably call that an upgrade over Sean New. I mean, I have no issues calling it an upgrade over Sean Newis. So uh, excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, for me, it's more on offense. And it's I've written a lot about this in recent weeks, but I feel like Ron Bellamy as your wide receivers coach, I mean, we need to call a spade a spade. I feel like the wide receiver development has just, I can't say been bad over the last three years. It's just been stagnant. And I think that's been a product of, you know, Josh Gaddis, was splitting time there and you just, he had eggs in different baskets. And I don't want to say those guys weren't getting the attention they need, but I do feel like having a dedicated position coach at wide receiver in what is arguably, I mean, I can't think of a time in recent memory. I know they had Tariq black and Donovan people's Jones and Nico Collins at the same time, but I can't think of a time where Michigan has had five to six really good quality, talented wideouts uh, coming into the, the team this year that they have, um, so it's to me, it's important that those guys get one-on-one -on -one attention from a guy that is probably let's you know let's call it what it is probably a little better suited to coach uh, the wide receiver position compared to what he did before. Uh, he did a great job with the safeties, but I'm really excited to see what Bellamy does there. And also, it's it's the offense in general, but more so with the focus on the quarterbacks. I think now that Matt Weiss has a a larger, more prominent role in shaping what this thing looks like, I'm really interested to see 
you know, if they, if they bring some Lamar Jackson type flavor to the offense with, you know, is JJ McCarthy ready to play? And if he is, how does that change your run game? Cause QB runs will be a bigger part of it. I'd assume with him out there, you're going to have Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards on the field at the same time. Um, so it gets a little, you know, they're still going to be what they are. They want to win up front and, and dominate at the point of attack. But I think this is probably an offense that is going to look a little more spread like than it did last year. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. And when you talk about the quarterbacks, don't forget about Davis Warren either. Uh, who Jim Harbaugh <laughs> brought up on John There's Jackson. always some name, right? I love it. Lucas, Lucas Andragetto. Lucas Andragetto. Nick Capitino was a couple Nick years Capitino ago. Nick Capitino was back in the day. Be, that, they were pretty thin at running back at that point, and then he just but started naming everybody. I love everybody. Too, man. But I'm with I love the recognition for guys that work hard that might not get to play. Right. It so. makes me chuckle, and also for that reason as well, that, you know, that they get to – but he said – I think he literally might have said, like, don't count out, or it's not just two guys in the competition. Right. It's three. And no disrespect to Davis Warren, but, like, I would bet just about anything that it's one of J.J. McCarthy or Cade McNamara if they're both healthy <laughs> heading into the opener or and the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, obviously all eyes are going to be on that. And, and I think I would be surprised and – I was interested to hear about how Jim Harbaugh would start talking about the quarterbacks in his first quote-unquote availability with the media, which was with their in-house guy. But it was still great stuff. And he said, basically, no one's owed anything. Not with those words, but paraphrasing. And that kind of starts the competition to me. I was interested to see, like, last year, and I know it's a different circumstance because J.J.'s a year older, but he was saying Cade's the starter, Cade's ahead, you know, Cade's the, the guy. Like, he didn't rule anything out, but – he was saying that now it's it's not naming one guy as, as who's ahead or whatever. So wouldn't be surprised if they're splitting reps there. Maybe Cade deserves the first ones for sure. I think heading in to spring ball, but coming out, I think it gets even more wide open if he doesn't name a guy that's ahead at that point. And the longer it goes without naming a guy that's ahead, the more interesting it gets into fall camp. And potentially, as Chris, you mentioned, you talk about the offensive line and how they're going to do that and how they're going to figure things out there. Same with the quarterbacks, I think, going into those first four games at home. Uh, really, what, what, do they start with four or five at home? But the three four. non-conference, four, and it's For pretty sure. weak in the non-conference. So um, you have time, and I think that's uh, we're going to be waiting. We all wanted to hear about the quarterbacks and talk about them, but uh, we're going to be pretty much waiting at for a while, I think, when it comes to that. But um, excited to hear about what we can, and I know we're going to get a lot of this. Oh, both guys are doing great. Um, you know, and I, I know that they're probably coached up, uh, you know, on all that, but still going to be interesting to hear how big of a leap JJ's made. I'm interested to hear about the running backs. I could name just about every position except tight end because we know what we're going to get there. And at the same time, there's still some young guys that'll probably emerge. So, uh, a lot to like anything else on, on spring ball here. We'll have more, obviously, as we mentioned inside the four part one today, part two tomorrow. And then as the weeks go forward, because, uh, we will get a little bit more access here going forward, probably after spring break. Break, but uh, anything else on on the spring practices? Nothing here to add, other than uh, you know what people are undervaluing Michigan's special teams, and I yeah. think that's going to be yeah. a key reason that they really uh, have another really good year. I think the defense will come along. They've got some athletes on that side of the ball, but I think the offense will be dynamic, and I think the special teams and two of three. Uh, of the huge parts of your team, obviously the deep only parts of your team, they're going to be outstanding. So if that defense can be solid, I think they're going to in line for a really good year. 
Yeah, one thing I would ask, and I think maybe even the three of us have discussed this before here, um, is that if you really think about it, and maybe we don't have the answer to this right now, but does this defense have more questions going into this year than last year's defense did? Fair. I, 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 I mean, we didn't think that we, David Ojabo was just a guy, and Aiden Hutchinson was like, okay, that's probably a seven to ten sack guy who's, you know, probably a first round pick. I, it's too, it's it's too early, but I do, I somehow feel like not too worried about this defense. They're going to take a step back because they surpassed expectations, but I don't know if they necessarily have more questions this year. So we'll see about that. And one thing I'll add about the quarterback situation, this is right out of Harbaugh's mouth from a couple of months ago. He said, as far as long-term, who's the quarterback going to be prediction. Everybody rents that position. Nobody owns it. Any position on the field, even the head coach, it's a lease at best. So Cade's going to get first crack at this because of what he accomplished. And it's his fourth year with the program, but you have to earn it all over again. It's, it does not, to me, I don't think the way they approach it is that it just carries over year to year. So what you did last year can put you handicap you in a, in a race, you know, early on in spring ball, but um, you got to go back and earn it again. And, and I'm excited to see because whoever comes out of this really at any of these positions, they're, they're going to be battle tested guys that are ready to go. Great point. I think on the defense, I would say thinking about that over the last minute and a half, one last question, I think. Or, or one more question. It's it's at safety, probably without Dax Hill and Brad Hawkins, because that was the strongest group we thought coming into last season. But you're right. I, you know, again, the guys are going to have to emerge. But but at this point, we were really worried about the defense. Chris, I remember doing these podcasts a year ago, and we were talking about linebacker, D line. You know, we Ojabo was just a name at that point. We couldn't really picture him doing what he did. Um, in the corners, were also a concern coming off of the the 2020 season. So I think it's a great point, Anthony. And then I'll say this about the special teams. My final thought is Jim Harbaugh said this in the past to win a championship. You need a good quarterback, a great defense and a good kicker or a good quarterback, a great defense and a good kicker. The constant there is the good kicker and Michigan's got some good special teams coming back. So that is important. It is. I know you wrote about that today, Chris, how people are maybe undervaluing that. Uh, I completely agree. Huge to get those guys back, Brad Robbins, Jake Moody. Um, but we'll have more spring football coverage at thewolverine.com. Of course, basketball, excited for Sunday uh, as well. Thewolverine.com, $1 gets you an entire year of premium access. Join us on the message board there. Uh, it's all over the front page, so check out that deal right now. And also, thank you to our sponsors, Manscaped, and uh, we'll see everyone next time.